for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Time for Kids Church. You can be dismissed. Lindsay, if you'll be ready in a few minutes. Uh, praise God. I had a, um, uh, you know, sometimes people, we've, we used to have some really fiery, if you, but if you need notes, raise your hand. You will need the notes because we're going to skip like 80% of them. Uh, so raise your hand because we'll go to the second page. No, no, that's the Lord. Got it confirmed uh, even during worship. So, but in, yeah, keep your hands up. If, if not, well, whatever. Um, but we have, uh, back we used to, we would have like pre-service prayer meetings up in this space up in there. And when the mo- God was moving in this big prayer time, people are start praying there. Lord, move so sm- so strong, the pastor can't preach today. And I was like, okay. I know what they meant. But, but anyway, um, so this, the Lord has changed some things up here. Um, I'm, I'm going to be preaching uh, some things that the Lord's really breathing on with this. But uh, I do have, a, a, as you were talking about moms, anybody remember the Willie Nelson song, My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys? Well, my heroes have always been intercessors. And moms. Intercessors and moms. Can you show that picture Friday of some of these intercessors at the Capitol? Kyle, can you stand up as with the Texas shirt? Look at that. All right. Abigail, Jenna, Rachel, Joanne, Becky, Katie Madison, Kyle, I guess you were taking the picture. They were at the Capitol as intercessors praying for this bill, SB 14, to pass that would make it illegal to mutilate our children. Can we just clap to God and thank God it happened? Jesus. My heroes have always been intercessors and moms because they do their best work in secret. Behind the curtain when no one's looking. Moms make a hundred plus times a day die to self. They die to self. So that those children can be loved, cared for, taught the word. Y'all are heroes. And that's not hyperbole. It really isn't. It's the true thing. It's when people, heroes don't say, look at me. Heroes live it. And they don't care if they ever get known for it. I had a a word of knowledge on healing during worship too. Um, Joints and marrow. Joints and marrow. And I was like, okay. And then I went, of course, oh yeah, that's Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing the dividing between soul and spirit. So a spiritual thing. But also joints and marrow. So the word goes forth bringing healing. If anyone has a joint pain, I know that's general. I should probably get a lot of hands up for that. (laughs) Joint pain and uh, marrow issues with bone marrow. 
which could be like some form of production of, of iron, anemia, things like that. If that's either of you right now, will you stand up right now? We just, uh, well, the Holy Spirit's not interrupting us. I just don't want to interrupt the Holy Spirit, okay? So joints, anyone with joint pain, uh, anyone with the joints, just wave your hand at me, the joints, okay? Uh, rest of you, extend your hands out to them. Uh, those with marrow, something with the marrow, something with the bone marrow. Holy Spirit, we make room for you. We thank you for the waves of your spirit today. And I ask you now, I invite you, as John Wimber said, come Holy Spirit. Come right now with healing in your wings. If you've got that joint pain, kind of move it around. Move that, move that area if you can. I ask for the oil of the spirit to be released in to cause Pain, go to the cross where Jesus took you, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. He carried our pain on the cross. Bone marrow, produce correct amount of white cell, red cells, the whole deal, whatever that is. I'm not a doctor, but Jesus, you're the great physician. Bone marrow. And anyone else who needs healing right now, it's in the room. He's not a respecter of person. Just reach out and grab it. Grab it right now. Holy Spirit, come. Strengthen. Don't put up with that pain anymore. Don't live by that doctor's diagnosis anymore. Whose report will you believe? I speak to your spirit, man, right now. You will believe the report of the Lord, Michael Ray. Believe the report of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. That's why I love going to church here. Y'all are an eager bunch open to breaking protocol. Um, <laughs> So I would like to uh, start with a one-minute-ish video uh, because it's related to what I am going to hone in. I'm going to land the plane real early, but it won't be early, actually, uh, uh, on this where we are today. So if you could play that, initiative Chad, will culminate you, here on the summit steps of the initiative will culminate here on the summit steps of the Temple Mount on the day of Pentecost, May 28th. The initiative will culminate here on the summit steps of the Temple Mount on the day of Pentecost, May 28th. Bickle says, with the unprecedented divisions within Israel right now and the looming threat of a nuclear Iran, he sees this as a for such a time as Queen Esther did thousands of years ago for the Jewish people. Chris Mitchell, CBN News, The Southern Steps, Jerusalem. So if a number of prominent Christian leaders throughout the globe are declaring these 21 days, this global solemn assembly of prayer and fasting, which is not too late, by the way, if you want to get in on it, Isaiah62fast.com. What you're committing to is to at least carve out one hour a day to pray for Israel, for the salvation of Jewish people, for the protection of the land, of the geographical region, and for the raising up of 100 million 
intercessors who will take their place as watchmen on the wall, praying for the Prince of Peace to come back to Jerusalem. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. And Psalm 122 says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're not just praying for a treaty or a ceasefire. We're praying that peace, true peace, ultimate peace, will not come until the Prince of Peace sets his feet at the east gate and the Mount of Olives splits into. It's going to happen. And these 21 days are an Esther moment. So I thought if they're calling it an Esther moment, <clears throat> 21 days, it's probably good to look a, a little bit at who Esther was, the book of Esther. I won't, I won't go through the notes about all the, the, the whole lot, lot of takeaways from that, but basically an intercessor, the word intercede means to come in between. They stand, an intercessor like Esther stood in between the king and an impending judgment and an intercessor calls out for mercy to the king to hold back judgment and an intercessor also clears the way so that the burning things in God's heart to bless those people can be received. So they do, they do two things. Can you show those ladies again at the, the Capitol? They are functioning. They were there Friday at the hearing of that bill. They, they're smiling. They're happy. But they are like Esther's standing in the gap calling upon God. They all wore red. I love their shirts. And Joanne, you're here. I'm not quite sure why you wore blue, but uh, <laughs> I made sure that you weren't a, a closet lib. In our, I'm sorry. No, not, don't, don't, don't be, there you are. You hate me now. I was like, what's she do? I take it, what's she do? Come on, there you go, red, white, and blue. What? Her pants are red, there she is. Oh, what a great ambassador, yes. So thank you, you can put it back up. We're going, but what we're doing in, in this time, we are standing on behalf of, of Israel, it's in such a desperate situation, like Esther did. There was a pogrom that went forth. Pogrom is a word you might not have heard before. It's in your notes. It's a decree to, of genocide for an ethnic group. Hitler issued a pogrom in Nazi Germany. Yasser Arafat issued a pogrom saying, we want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Why would people do that? Like, we just want to wipe Israel away. Iran right now says, we want to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Why, why would there be something like this? Because this is what happened in Esther. Haman, an anti-Semite in the Persian king's court, called for and got the king's approval of this decree that basically said every Jewish person living in the Persian Empire will be, is to be killed. Well, at that time, you see, they were in exile. The Jews were in the Babylonian exile, 586 B.C. It's when all this happened. But they, basically, if you were a Jew, you lived in the Persian Empire. That meant 
Jerusalem, all the, Israel, all the land we see right now. But he, he says, you know, to the, gets the king to approve of this decree at a certain time to be set in the future. And so Esther, uh, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, she was an orphan raised in the, the, uh, by Mordecai. He was in the Persian king's court. He sends word to Esther, you've got to intervene. You're now queen. Come before the king and intercede. And so that's how desperate this time was. And so that's the background. So here we are today. If this, that was then, an Esther moment today is we are coming before King Jesus. The edict against Israel right now by Iran to wipe them off the face of the earth is satanically inspired. Why would Satan want to do that? Well, I'll give you a quick thumbnail explanation. <clears throat> Satan is extremely selfish. And here's one thing he doesn't want. He doesn't want to be thrown in the lake of fire. That's it. <clears throat> because Jesus said, I ain't coming back to Israel, which meant Satan's not going to get thrown in the lake of fire until you Jewish people see that I'm your Messiah and you welcome me saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So Satan's going, if I can wipe Israel off the map, if I can blow up the airport, the airplane of the Messiah can't land. So he fills Yasser Arafat with this idea, wipe them off. Hitler, wipe them out. Haman, Esther, wipe them out. So we basically know the story that Esther was successful as an intercessor, but it all hinged upon one time because when, at that point, Esther was risking her life. Even though she was queen, there was a law that says if you come before the king in his court and he hasn't invited you, you're dead. Unless he extends his scepter of mercy toward you. Basically, if you drop by the palace, even though you're a queen and you have your own queen's palace, if you drop by the palace unannounced and he doesn't extend the scepter, you're disrespecting his place of authority. He just had Queen Vashti disrespect him. So, uh, so he was t probably not you know, predisposed to being really merciful anyway. So, so she's uh, standing in, the, in that gap there. And, and where we are now is she gets, comes before him. And I'll just go, go to the other side of your notes. And by the way, Melinda, you have a great report. Are you here, Melinda? Are you back here? So can you just yell out here what from Israel some amazing things have happened in our prayer? Can I just give you the mic? I'm 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 all over the map, but I have got to. Melinda just sent this to me. Friends in in Israel. 
Yeah. This I is have, the eighth day of our prayer and fasting, by the way. Go ahead. Um, I have a friend who's over in Israel right now, and she's um, ministering with King of Kings over there. And she just told me that recently they were at an event and um, for Arab Israelis, and 142 Arabs, um, including several Hamas, um, gave their life to Yeshua. And they, aban they abandoned their Muslim faith. Um, and Can you they, say that last line again? I didn't hear They that. abandoned their Muslim faith. <laughs> so, wow. and then um, there was also 14 Holocaust survivors who gave their lives to Yeshua in the same week. Let's all just stand right now and thank God. Would you just stand? Let's just thank the Lord. Father, we thank you that in the midst of this threat, You're showing mercy. Continue to reveal yourself in dreams and visions to Jews, Gentiles, Arabs. Thank you, Lord. May we say yes to our part in this. And would you bless everyone who's standing and praying because you said you will bless those who bless Israel. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. All right, I want to go to the page two, to paragraph F, because it says an intercessor must develop spiritual discernment. When God is moving in mercy toward a situation, we must learn to appropriate his mercy. I believe this victory is always won in the place of intercession. That's where history is made. That's where the course of, and destiny of nations is changed. And it's where we become the kind of rulers God wants us to be. Now listen in, zone in on verse 2 here, Esther 5. Then Esther went near, that's to the king's, right before the king. And king had extended his scepter, but Esther had to go near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said to her, What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. At that moment, everything changed. At that moment, Esther, <clears throat> by God's grace, prevailed. And the rest of Esther 5 and 6, the rest of the book of Esther is the unfolding of the consequences in the favor of Israel because she stood in the gap. But Esther had to know when the king was extending the scepter. Suzanne's testimony at a John Wimber meeting, basically the king was extending his scepter when John Wimber, when you were standing in a section and John Wimber said, I see it says the Holy Spirit's moving over here. There was a scepter of God's mercy extended to everyone in that, in that group. But we need to have discernment to, to reach out. I love what Mordecai said to Esther in Esther 4.11. He said to her, who knows but that you've been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. I believe every one of you, as a believer, has been brought to some things right now for such a time as this.
God's brought every, every one of you to something or things for right now in this season. And God's extending his scepter of mercy. How do we touch? I'm, I, I tend to do that because I was pre-law. I like to prove things and, and be practical in church, not be all, oh, it's, yay, I, that, was, that felt good. How do we touch the tip of the scepter? I offer to you a few things in the notes. Psalm 104 and 5. We touch the tip of his scepter. When he's extending it, I'm going to give you a t- an opportunity here in a few minutes to come forward as God's leading you. And you're, there's a bearing witness. It's, a, it's a, a scepter extending moment to this thing I've been called to for such a time as this. Okay. But how do you touch? Do you just come to the altar and, okay, I go back and happy Mother's Day, get your rose. We say when you walk in here, move God's heart. That's touching the scepter. And then you change the world, okay? So you're, we're all called to change the world in something that he's called us to for such a time as this. That bigger scope with the 21 days of prayer and fasting is one way that we're called to that, those who signed up on that. But for the rest of us, first of all, you touch the, the, the scepter by praise and worship, by thanksgiving and praise. Psalm 100, verse 4 and 5, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. Can you show that picture from the Vineyard series, speaking of John Wimber? Back in the 90s, they wrote over, they had 30 albums plus of, of a series of worship called Touching the Father's Heart. Uh, you can't really read it too well, but underneath that lighthouse, Touching the Father's Heart, through all these songs of worship. You, when, when God starts to extend and you sense it's a season, it's a kairos moment of mercy available, reach out and thank you, Lord, and thank him and worship him. God inhabits your praises. Second, this is in the paragraph there, gee, some ways we touch the scepter is by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to touch the scepter. <laughs> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6 says, For uh, he who comes to God, here's what faith is. You believe that God is right now and that he's going to reward you as you diligently seek him. Luke 8, 45 and 46, the woman with the issue of blood reached out and touched the hem of his garment. Now, a bunch of people were touching his garment, but Jesus felt virtue leave him. He said, who touched me? Well, it was the woman who pressed through the crowd with faith. And the mercy was extended to her. Okay? So that's faith that, that, that touches his heart. Praise and worship real quickly. Then um, declaration. Declaring. 
when the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary and said, you're going to have a child supernaturally, and, and he's going to be the savior of the world, she declared, so the, the scepter was extended, and she didn't go, uh-uh, and walk away. She touched the scepter by saying, then be it done to me as you have said. When God speaks to you, you can either reject it or accept it and declare, be it done to me according to what, you, what your word says. And then finally, I had to throw this in, tears. John eleven thirty three. The same Mary of Bethany who broke open the alabaster box and, and, wa- and wiped his feet with that fragrant oil and her tears. She's crying here because Lazarus has been dead. And he was so touched. John eleven thirty eight. Jesus wept. But tears touched the heart of Jesus and then a, a man was raised from the dead. When you start to have the gift of tears for something, I've taught, cried for days and months for my son when he was at Arkansas, so away from the Lord. And I'd be over here looking at the screens in the prayer room, crying and crying and crying. And, and, and I was like, I, I don't have a prayer to say. I don't know what to the Lord's like, oh no, that's, those are prayers. You sow in tears. Tears, this is my own little thing. Tears are the collision between how horrible the situation is and how good God is. And when you get revelation, I don't know what's going to happen. And the Lord's like, he's my son before he's yours. I love him. I'm, I'm going to be kind. I'm kind and tender. I just had no words. I just cried. Tears are a way of touching his heart. So don't hold him back. Men, don't be macho. And I'm, I'm not going to cry. Your dad cried a lot. My wife's dad. I mean, just... Right then, just tears, power. You get, you don't try to make them, work them up, but it's a form of touching his heart. Now I'd like Lindsay to come up and share because she came up to me during worship and confirmed that I was to go this direction today. Notice about Esther in Esther 5, um, verse, uh, where is it? Esther 5. Verse 1, she put on her royal robes, Esther did, and stood in the inner court. She put on her royal robes. Esther did not come to the king as a beggar. She didn't come to the king groveling. She put on her royal robes. She stood up straight because she knew her royal identity in Revelation 1.6 says, you are a kingdom of priests. The enemy wants to beat you down. It, it tried to tell you all kinds of lies. But you can still be bent over in humility before the king, but also be right, right, raised up in your authority knowing who you are in Christ. 
So I have already had that in my notes. Lindsay, will you come and share this? And this, this, so this is where we're going to end today. Is the Lord wants to renew our mind, our thinking as to how God sees you and me, how He sees us as royalty. Thank you, worship team. You can come up as she. No, go ahead and stay right there. You just go ahead. We're, we're good. So I get dreams um, sometimes, and I, I got a dream last night, um, and the, the part that I'm going to share, uh, I was in a room, and it was a full room, and there was a woman at the front, and she said, we're Pentecostal, we're serious, you know, we're serious about this, and um, the room was packed, and, uh, and she said, something to the effect of like I don't have it all like perfectly memorized because you know when you wake up from a dream you're just trying to catch what you can catch um but it was like who's serious about being godly stand up the room is packed and I stood up and there were a lot of people in the room who stood up but there were a lot of people who stayed sitting down because they wanted to be in the room for Pentecost but they weren't serious about being godly and um, what I was telling Glenn is, is my, I was talking to my daughter later, uh, um, and we were talking, she was, uh, we were talking, having just like this sweet moment about um, respecting, about how we respect, like we respect ourselves, right? And that determines the choices we make and just things that, how we roll. Um, and I said, you know, um, a lot of people talk about being the bride, but they don't want to put on the dress. Wow. And it just really stirred me up. And the dress is white, friends. That's what we wear for our king. That's what we wear for our bridegroom. We put on a white dress and that's everywhere you go, you're wearing a white dress. It's his righteousness and his grace empowers you, but you have to make the choice not to go roll in the mud. You have to make the choice to keep your dress spotless because you have a wedding to attend. And so I just wanna say this morning, there is such an invitation to look at your dress and if it is muddy, that is okay because you see the mud and it can be washed white as snow. It is just one look at him and saying, I'm sorry. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go roll in the mud anymore. And your dress will be white and he will give you the grace to stay out of the mud. And so I just want to encourage you. You have to walk differently to stay out of the mud, but it's worth it. And he will give you the grace and he will give you the eyes to see it. So I just share that. If you're in Christ, that's how Jesus sees you as a kingdom of priests, as royalty.
And so when you put on the royal robes, you are walking out who you already are. And so Lizzie had no idea I was going to be sharing this because the verse I wanted to declare over you has to do with putting on robes, with us taking that place of authority. And so I want us to do this this way. I want us to stand. I want to declare and pray Isaiah 52, 1 and 2 over all of us. It is a a double kind of prayer. It's praying that this is how Israel is going to be as salvation comes. And it's a prayer for you in your Esther moment, the things you've come to for such a time as this, for you to not grovel, not beg God, but for you to stand in your royal identity. And before you come up here, I'm going to have a call for people who say, I feel that scepter's being extended to me in this relationship, at my workplace, in this uh, getting rid of the area of physical healing or salvation. Maybe your appointment today before the king is I, I didn't know if, I don't know if I died today if I, if I go to heaven. Your appointment today is I receive you, Jesus. Come and save me and forgive me. That's your appointment. Whatever it is, there's a, a scepter being extended to every one of you But will you touch the tip of the scepter? I want to pray this. I want to declare this over us. If it helps you to close your eyes or just open your hands, I want to to say it over you. Out of the mouth of two or more witnesses, Lindsay had that word, and I declare it over us and over, over Israel. Awake, awake, Zion. Awake, believers, in the sound of my voice. Clothe yourself with divine strength. Put on your garments of splendor. Shake off the shame and the the guilt and the, the wrong identity. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter again. Sin and compromise. You are saying you are turning away from sin and compromise because it's a clean garment. It's a garment of splendor. Shake off your dust. Shake off your your past of regrets, guilt, and shame. Rise up. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck. For us, Lord, we, we just get, we just choose to be free from the chain of lack uh, of depression, the chain of fear, the chain of regret, and woulda, coulda, shoulda. We throw that chain off, daughter Zion. People of God, today, you are no longer a captive of the enemy's schemes. Declare that so you can turn that into a prayer in your own time. I am not a captive. I'm awakening. I'm clothing myself with strength.
Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to reveal to those today in particular that this is a moment of you extending your mercy. When the king extended the scepter to, to Esther, it was not her sentence. She was not going to die. But it was her time of favor. And so for such a time as this, I want you to come forward and just stand here. And as Candy and the team leads us in worship, we're going to touch the Father's heart. We're going to touch the scepter. We're going to close with worship. And I'm going to believe for a power release because King Jesus says here, walk in this authority. Just come forward now without shame. Not, you're not begging today. You're saying, I'm coming forward. I'm not groveling. I know who I am. Just come and stand up here. Avail yourself of this moment. Just like Suzanne did, my wife did when John Wimper was there. Come. Come to the altar. Receive something tangible that will heal your body, that will deliver, that will mend that relationship. You say, this relationship isn't as it should be. Come forward on behalf of it. Let the Lord extend His scepter to that relationship and heal it. Restore it. There's still room up here if you want to just engage where you are, but come to this altar and touch the tip through worship candy. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend. 